Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. For more than a century, the Green Bay Packers have been a benchmark for football excellence. Thousands of players have helped pave the way, and we're here to tell you their stories. I'm Wayne Larrabee. This is the Packers Alumni Spotlight. Here's a trivia question for you. Who's the last wide receiver selected by the Packers in the first round of the NFL Draft? <laughs> the answer? With the 20th pick of the 2002 NFL Draft, Javon Walker. It's exciting. I mean, you know, uh, to know that I was this great organization's last first round pick, it kind of goes down in history every year. The draft comes around, so it feels good to stay relevant a little bit. Keeps your name in the news, doesn't yes, it? Yes, sir, it sure does. <laughs> stay relevant a lot when it comes to the Packers. Mike Sherman was your head coach and the GM at the time when you were drafted. Brett Favre at quarterback, Donald Driver coming into his prime, Bubba Franks at tight end, Amon Green rushing for record-setting yards. That was a heck of an offense you guys had, right? Yes, it was. And uh, still to this day, I think I still put this offense up against any of the offenses through the uh, years of the Green Bay Packers. So we had a solid team. And, and, and that line, I'm going to say Clifton and Tauscher, left mm -hmm. and right tackles. Um, Mike Wall, left guard, I want to say. Uh, Marco Rivera, right guard. And Flanagan in the middle. Wow. Mean group, right? They you were. Look at them, oh. that wall, man. Wall, when I look back, that ball head, the beard. Oh, that was a solid group. Of it friends. was a solid group in front of you. Yes, sir. First year, you caught 41 balls, 716 yards, but nine touchdowns. You played in several key games of Packers history, but I want to take you back to that game in Oakland. Okay, it was a Monday night game. Remember, Brett Favre's dad had passed away. Very emotional. I remember it was a gray, dark day and then evening in Oakland, but you guys put on a show. I mean, it was 41 to 7 victory over the Raiders in Oakland. Um, tell me, take me back to that night, and, and was it kind of surreal because the catches you guys were making and the plays you were making were unbelievable? Uh, you know what? Going back to that night, we knew that um, it was a lot going on between, you know, Brett Favre and his family, but I can also remember, and to this day, uh, Stan Drayton, who is now the Temple University's football coach, he sat down with me, and for some reason, I, I don't know why, but it registered what he told me that night. And it was just like, you're going to have a breakout game. And it was some, something simple like that, but it was just something that registered with me, and look at the performance we had that night. So it was great to be a part of. Yeah, and, and there had to be tremendous emotion running through the team, right? I mean, that was your leader who was 
struggling, obviously, with a personal issue. And did that inspire you guys that night, do you think? Uh, it did a little bit, I guess, because, you know, once the game starts, it's a football game. So we just knew we wanted to make every play and every catch as far as to help the team win. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, and, yeah, and you guys are struggling to get back to the playoffs. Yes, sir. And, and you, you know, that team came down a few weeks later. Um, you came down to a situation where you're playing the Broncos, wrapping up the regular season at Lambeau Field. Do you remember this? Yes, sir. Sure and do. you guys are winning big because the Broncos had clinched the AFC and they were resting their guys. But you guys are winning big. All right. You guys have to win, and the Vikings have to lose to the lowly uh, Arizona, Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals. Remember that? So here we are wrapping up the game in Green Bay, and all of a sudden, it's like 41 to 7 or something that you guys were winning. And all of a sudden, there are these, you, you can hear these cheers in the crowd and everything. There was no reason to cheer whatever was going on in the field. There was nothing happening. But was it a surreal atmosphere that the crowd was reacting to a game thousands of miles away that was going to have a direct impact on whether your season continued or not? Yes, sir. It, 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 you know what? I, you appreciate it more now when you're watching football and how close these races are because it can come down to a single play, the last drive. And the reason I can, you know, bring that up is because I always think back to that game, last game of the season, to a final play, and then we're in. So that's what makes fun watching football games this year. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, hey stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, you know, uh, playoff uh, win in overtime over the Seahawks. Um, and then you guys went to Philadelphia. And mm. you guys really felt like you had to feel like a team of destiny, didn't you? Yeah. As that yeah. season was winding down? We were hot. Nobody wanted to play us that year. And I can remember saying, if you, if you were going to run into the Packers, we were hitting a hot streak at the right time. And then we hit that bump in the road in Philly. Tell me about – now, a couple of things about that game uh, that are interesting in that there was a – you guys are beating them up pretty good. In the end of the first half, there was a fourth and one on the goal line, and you guys didn't get it. And there was apparently an impassioned plea in the locker room or a de- declaration by head coach Mike Sherman that, hey, if we face fourth and one again, we're going, to, we're going for it and we're going to ride your butts all the way to the Super Bowl pointing at the offensive line. And then there was a fourth and one uh, in the fourth quarter um, in Philadelphia territory with a chance to kind of salt the game away. And you were on the field, and, and you know, tell me about that moment. Uh, you guys came up to the line of scrimmage. You tried to decoy them, to jump off sides. They were so tired and beaten, as Bob McGinn said, 
They couldn't move. They couldn't, they, they wouldn't jump off sides. They didn't have the energy to do so. And yet Amon Green is 1,800 rushing yards, and Sherman decides to, we're going to decoy him, and if they don't jump, we're going to call a timeout and punt. What were your thoughts at that time? Uh, doing what Coach says at the time, you know, obviously being a young receiver, knowing the situational football, you just kind of go with best and hopefully let our defense uh, pull us out of that predicament, which they did. Because, you know, we had them, who would have thought, who would get a fourth in right? So, you know, there you go again, football, down to the last minute. So at the time, it, it, was, a, it was a great decision because, you know, you want your defense to play that out. And uh, obviously on their end, the miracle that they had. Well, and Jaywalk, that didn't end the game. And by the way, that only sustained that drive that got him a field goal field to tie goal. the game. Yep. Now we're in overtime. The Packers, I believe, won the toss, and Brett is out there, and he threw a pass downfield that Dawkins intercepted. And I don't know about you, but I flashed back to the Monday night game in Oakland uh, almost a month earlier. It was one of those balls, except that in Oakland in that Monday night game, somebody from the Packers, you or Driver or Ferguson or somebody, came down with that pass. That ball he threw up there, a moon ball, and instead of Driver or one of you guys coming down with it, uh, it was Dawkins, the safety for Philadelphia, yeah. and that was the turning point of the game. Yeah, the that pass was to me, actually, and uh, I didn't even it was a it, it was a miscommunication with routes. So obviously with the Philadelphia Eagles, if you go back to that play, they were running an all out blitz. So that's why he just went back and threw it up. But when they were running an all out blitz, I was running a slant. So if you really look at the film, when they blitzed, everybody came safeties and all so when i run the slant if he throws the slant i go all the way up the sideline but it was such a fast just miscommunication and it was just a rare back and throw it up he threw the out and you were slanting he threw the go the and go. i was slanting yeah and okay. that's why brian dawkins was just back there because he was the only safety rolling over the top of me wow that's why it was back there oh man so just the miscommunication on the site adjustment did the team ever recover from that game? Oh, man, I, I can't say, you know. I mm -hmm. still look back at that game because we were just so close, you know, and that would have yeah. been the team that if we would have went through Philly, you know, tell them what could have happened that year. In 2004, the Packers and their vaunted rivals, the Vikings, played in a de facto NFC North Division championship game on Christmas Eve in Minneapolis. The Vikings, with Randy Moss and Dante Culpepper in their prime, against Brett Favre, Donald Driver, and Javon Walker, who led the pack in receiving that season, scoring 12 touchdowns on the year. It reminded me of what we just previously talked about with Philadelphia Eagles. It was, uh, we were driving, and um, they were out on a blitz. We ran a side adjust where I ran a slant. He threw the slant. I caught it peeled around up the sideline, and obviously that's when we kicked the field goal and win. But that was a, that was a real tough game, and Minnesota was a tough team at the time. So uh, we knew we were built for something that year moving forward. Yeah, you, you had to feel pretty good. Yes, I mean, sir. Mike Sherman after that game told me that was a program win. You yes, know sir. What I mean? Two weeks later, you get the Vikings again in Lambeau Field. Now, Mike Tice, the coach of the Vikings at the time, said, you know, because they lost the following week. They, they didn't recover from that game. They lost the following week to Washington back into the playoffs. And Mike Tice said the only team 
that year in the playoffs that we could have beaten, that we could have gotten up enough to beat, were the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. You guys had won two games over them, 34-31, mm -hmm. here and out there. What was your thought when you got the bike? Was it like, oh, my God, we got uh, these guys again? You not want to play them a third time. And that's because, you know, everybody knows. You play you three times, something, third strike. So it wasn't like playing them as, you know, we had some type of fear or anything. It was just like, oh, man, third time might be their charm. And uh, they did. They came in the Lambo and spanked us. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. In some ways, Walker felt like a fish out of water in Green Bay and tried to force his way out of town. In 2005, he blew out his ACL in the first game of the season and was placed on IR. The Packers traded him to Denver, granting his wish in 2006. Talk a little bit about leaving here. What was your feeling? Because you were a star. Yes, sir. Um, it was just kind of like, you know, I think it was at a time where it really wasn't done as much as it is now so when it does happen and I'm running into friends and other players from teams it was like man Jay walk what you did then now it's like everybody's doing it now meaning just wanting a, a new new scenery and new look and uh obviously you know it happened to happen to a lot of the greats here you wanted to leave it was your intention after the 2004 season to move on is that was that your feeling or was it just a contract what was it take us back to that uh, it was it was more so me wanting to move on and with contract. So a lot of a lot of pieces. And then, you know, at the time, sometimes uh, it's kind of hard to rebuild again with the same with the same people, maybe after they already know what you want to do, you know, so it'd be hard for me to come back and play if everybody knows that I want to leave from the beginning. Javon had one big year in Denver in 2006, but injuries took their toll. He finished up in Oakland with the Raiders, and by 2009, he was out of the league. His tenure in Green Bay was a mere blink of an eye. That's what it is, it's life. It's giving me the ability to do what I do now as a leader with my other businesses. You learn all these traits from the people you're around. You learn all this from the coaches who teach you. So, I mean, if I was a young kid and I could put him in a sport in football, I would do it right away, because they learn values that'll take with them forever instead of learning it, just trying to do anything. Today, Javon Walker is a successful businessman who owns a number of apartment complexes and franchise yogurt stores. But he's best known in these parts as the answer to a trivia question that seems to come up every year in the NFL draft.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.